It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor in 50-pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, on a cold, wet, rainy Friday, welcome to the weekend episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. My name is Eric G., your gracious and humble host, and I want to thank you so much for uh, making us a part of your day and part of your weekend as just remember the countdown is on you're listening to this podcast just know we're just a day closer maybe two days maybe three days closer to the start of training camp and on the court news with the Oklahoma City Thunder and I'd like to actually apologize for the last podcast not that I thought it was horrible but I I, I understand and and every few podcasts this happens. It may happen more than that. I you listen to the to the show more than me. I just record it. Uh, but sometimes I do get this tone in my voice that where I sound like I'm very angry. Trust me, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. My kids confuse that. I confuse that. I listened to yesterday's back or a couple of days ago back, and I'm like, oh no, man. They're like, why is he so serious? Trust me, there's nothing about basketball to be that serious about. Well, usually, sometimes there can be. But for the most part, we just have fun here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. And coming up on today's show, subplots. Subplots within the Thunder season. I got to talking about those on Locked on Sooners. Well, not the Thunder subplots, the OU subplots for Saturday against UCLA. So I'll talk about the Thunder subplots for today. What are the things that we're going to be most keying in on as the season gets underway? In segment number two, it's all about Maurice Cheeks, who's going into the Basketball Hall of Fame. I will attempt to say something better or different about Maurice Cheeks, different being a a better word to use there, than maybe what you've read or heard over the last couple of days. It's going to be hard to do that, but I think I've come up with a word that really describes what Maurice Cheeks means to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then we will wrap it up today by talking about how J.R. Smith is furthering my argument 
for totally incentive-based contracts. We'll get to that all today on Locked on Thunder. My name's Eric G. I've been covering the Thunder for five years. I also get to work for another publication called Thunder Digest. I work for 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK here in Oklahoma City. And the 12th floor 50-pin place, I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning, is the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK. And if you like what you hear, please go to LockedOnThunder.com. We have video and audio archives. We have all our podcast archived. You can see the full Maurice Cheeks interview that he did when he found out he was getting the call or after he got the call that said he was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. There's a lot at Locked On Thunder. And uh, let me see, I've been covering this team for five years now, going on year six. So there we go. That's it. There's all my credentials. Now let's talk basketball and subplots throughout the Thunder year. Things that we will be watching as the season goes on. Think, I try to think of things that should be continuous throughout the year. However, there is a big one. And I will start off with that that might get taken care of sooner rather than later. And that is how much Dennis Schroeder is going to be on the court. Does he have an opportunity to start if Andre Robertson doesn't come back? If he's not going to start, when he comes off the bench, will he be playing the one? Will he be more of a two? How much will he be on the floor when Russell Westbrook's on the floor or when Raymond Felton's on the floor? And if he does start, what does that mean for now? You've got the four position. And is there is there really a decision to make between Patrick Patterson and Jeremy Grant. I have firmly been entrenched that Jeremy Grant is going to start at the four, but you have other people in the media who believe that Jeremy Grant will not, and it will be Patrick Patterson. And if that is the case, that Patrick Patterson is going to start at the four this year and not Jeremy Grant, is there any point during the season that Grant does enough either by his play coming off the bench or in practice, or does Patterson not pan out the way that we think he should, that might ultimately lead to Jeremy Grant to take that spot over from Patrick Patterson. Another subplot, we talked about Andre Robertson just for a bit there and talking about Dennis Schroeder. What is going to happen with Andre Robertson? Man, there's a lot of these with the Thunder when you start to think about it. How soon can Andre Robertson get back? When he does get back, Does he automatically go into the starting lineup? How effective is he going to be? That question needs to be answered. And then there's the big one. The one that everybody wants to know about, and that is how do Russell Westbrook and Paul George meld together with now not having to worry about Carmelo Anthony? And that should be a much better, easier year for both of these guys if for no other reason then they played together one season already, so they understand each other's habits. For Paul George, the subplot of his subplot is whether or not Russell Westbrook is going to rely on him more than what he did in the past, and can Paul George now be an option late in games where Russell Westbrook didn't see him as an option late in games? And when I'm talking late in games, it's not the last two or three minutes. It's the last few seconds. It's that waning seconds of the game when the Thunder have a shot and they need a three-pointer or, for that matter, a two. Can Russell Westbrook give up the rock and allow somebody like Paul George to have that moment? 
so much going on into this season when you when you start to unravel what will happen with the Thunder. Billy Donovan working those rotations. What rotations will he experiment with during training camp? I mean, even training camp has its own subplots as far as which guys that were signed or came in via the draft will actually be able to perform. Can Nerlens Noel be a guy that the Thunder can rely on to come off the bench and spill Steven Adams minutes. And then here's another one. Here's another. I just keep thinking of these as we go on. Steven Adams. Because this is supposed to be the year of Steven Adams, although it looks like Ennis Canner's going to steal his thunder a little bit. Yes, and and pun completely intended there. Because Canner is has been on the, the talk show circuit. He has made his political views known. And even though Steven Adams wrote a book and had a comic book, that was it was like hot for a second. And now it's it's all about Ennis Canner in those realms of the NBA. But what does Steven Adams contribute to this team? And is he a guy that we're just going to see the same pattern that we saw last year, go to him early, back away from him as the game goes on and sort of work inside out? Or is he a force to be reckoned with, not just on the boards, but in the paint and a scoring option for the full 48 minutes or however long Steven Adams is, is on the court? All these questions are going to be answered throughout the year. And, and none of them, the, the great thing about every question that you have with the Oklahoma City Thunder, it's going to be an ongoing debate, ongoing talk when you're at the water cooler or the bar or just hanging out at home. We'll all be trying to figure it out for the first few months of the season and really, in some cases, throughout the year. And I look at Dennis Schroeder because I was asked who might most likely be traded by the Thunder this year, I do think it's Dennis Schroeder because of his contract situation and that there are going to be teams looking at him saying, well, you know, he signed for a while. He might be a little expensive. Let's go ahead and take him on now. He's a sure thing. And then give the Thunder maybe some expiring contracts, maybe some some guys that can help them possibly make their way in the playoffs. And that's another thing that I that I wonder about this year is when you look at the West, and, and most of the focus is going to be, here's the great thing. If, if you are playing in the Western Conference this year, here's the best thing about playing in the Western Conference. You're not the focus, unless you're the Golden State Warriors or the Los Angeles Lakers. Even the Houston Rockets who signed Carmelo Anthony and let go Trevor Ariza and then traded Ryan Anderson and... and uh, I, I can't remember who the other guy is, but they traded Ryan Anderson to Phoenix. And, and I'm not sure how big a story necessarily Ryan Anderson is outside of NBA circles. The great thing about being in the West is that you get to hide out. All the focus is on GSW, the defending champions. All the focus is on LeBron James and the Lakers. You just get to play basketball. And no matter what Russell Westbrook does this year, if Russell Westbrook at, averages another triple-double, if the Thunder happen to be the second or third best team in the West record-wise, if they happen to be having some great battles with Golden State or some great battles with Houston, if you're the Jazz, the Jazz really benefit from this because no one's are, people are already not talking about them. Now they have an opportunity to just continue to get better as this as this whole situation develops and goes on in the Western Conference or as the Western Conference will develop this year, it's perfect. I mean, it's set up perfect 
for a dark horse to maybe sneak in and knock off Golden State this year. Because with the Lakers, they're probably not going to be good enough to make any noise during the playoffs, and yet everybody's going to focus on them. And then you have to worry about Golden State, and there's going to be so much talk about the future of Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green that we might actually start to see some cracks in the foundation. Speaking of Golden State and the Hall of Fame, Ray Allen going into the Hall of Fame, interviewed by Rachel Nichols, saying that his most significant playing time during his career was in Boston. Okay, that makes total sense from Ray Allen, and this is a guy that bounced around on quite a few teams. I started thinking about what LeBron James would say, and I would think that LeBron's most significant time for his career would be his time in Miami where he learned how to become a champion under Pat Riley and then was able to go back to Cleveland and win a championship. Kevin Durant would be another interesting character to hear what he has to say, and well, then again, it is KD, so One day he's going to say Golden State. The next day he's going to say Oklahoma City. But when you have only played for two organizations, as opposed to multiple organizations like Ray Allen, if I'm betting, I would think that Kevin Durant would say his time at Golden State is more significant than his time in Oklahoma City. And he looks at Oklahoma City as sort of cutting his baby teeth to get ready to be the uh, player that he is today. Just seems like that's what Kevin Durant would always throw out there. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up in segment number two, I will give you the one word that should describe Maurice Cheeks here in Oklahoma City whenever you think about him. And we'll hear from Mo on getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's all right here on LOT. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you haven't checked out Locked On Sooners yet, please do so at Apple iTunes, Alexa, Spotify, Google, um, Apple Podcasts. And look, not just Locked On Sooners, check out all the Locked On Podcasts as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's local experts talking about the biggest stories and you can fill your entire day with podcasts from the Locked On Podcast Network and be informed on your favorite teams or your favorite team's rivals. And we just launched the college part of it again with Locked On Sooners, and today we talk about the subplots when it comes to the UCLA game this year. So let's talk about Maurice Cheeks. Congratulations to Maurice Cheeks. You are going into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And if there is one word that describes Maurice Cheeks when concerning the Oklahoma City Thunder, it's this essential. He's essential to the Thunder's success because he is the one guy that can get through to Russell Westbrook. And it would be very easy for me to sit here and pull up Maurice Cheek's resume and tell you that this guy averaged 11 points and and seven assists per game. And we talk about him being five-time all-defensive player and a champion and a four-time all-star. All that 
is there. And as a matter of fact, if you want to go deeper into his resume, there's always basketballreference.com. But where Maurice Cheeks has made the biggest impact is as a person. And that is quite evident over this Hall of Fame weekend when he is the one guy everybody's writing stories about and everybody seems to be the happiest that he's finally made it after several times on the ballot. And when I hear Maurice Cheeks and Russell Westbrook and think about that relationship, essential is the only word I can come up with. Reggie Jackson was the first person I heard described that way, wearing a Thunder uniform. Somebody said he was essential to the Thunder winning a championship, and I never quite put those together. And it's not to say that Reggie didn't have some good games in the playoffs. I just don't know that I would have used the word essential. Key, maybe, essential. To me, essential means cannot live without. I think the Thunder were good enough where if Reggie Jackson didn't perform, they had enough to make up for it and possibly could have won a championship had Russell Westbrook stayed healthy. But um, that's another story altogether. Or had Kevin Durant stayed healthy or Serge Ibaka. But uh, enough of that. Let's hear from Maurice Cheeks now. This is the day after he got the call, or at least a couple of days after he got the call, visiting with the Thunder Media, talking about what it means to him to go into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, it was kind of surreal. Like um, I really didn't know what to do, what to say. Um, it's kind of why I drifted over to uh, Coach Donovan and Sam because I wanted to share the news with them. So it's the reason why I drifted over to see those guys was to kind of share that news with them and, and um, just kind of let somebody know because I really didn't know how to feel like um, when you get a new you know something like that you want to try and you want to let somebody know and they were the two guys that were closest to me you you have been bypassed before were you still hopeful you think you get in or were you just kind of let it come or whatever what was your well I don't, I don't think like um, I have been bypassed before but I was a finalist I don't know how many times so it wasn't I mean, when you become a finalist in the in the Hall of Fame, I mean, what, what do you do? You get upset? Like, um, I wasn't upset. You become a finalist in the Hall of Fame. Like, that's pretty good as far as I'm concerned. So I wasn't um, – when people ask me all the time now, it's like, um, you're there. Um, it, it took a while for you to get there. I mean, it's never a right – it's always the right time for me to get in the Hall of Fame. It's like – I mean, what do you say? They they voted you in. It's like, you should have been there. To, no. Whenever they vote you in, that's the time you'll be in. Has it had a chance now to sink in after a couple of days and, and kind of put, put well, it into perspective? I mean. Well, I don't think I can ever put it in perspective. Like, I don't think that's something for myself um, to put in perspective because I'm actually here because of the people I've uh, played with, people that that – just I associated myself with and the players, um, you know, that I played with, the coaches I played for, those people one of the main reasons why I'm here. So um, keeping in perspective is, is the people that I associated myself with throughout my years. You've, uh, you've said before on the record, and Billy has joked about you saying that, like, you look at other people, all the other Hall of Famers' numbers, and you say your numbers don't stack up against them now that – now that you're in, have you, have you come around to thinking that your numbers stack up against them? Well, I, you know what? I don't think I'm in here for my numbers, certainly. I, I don't think the numbers that I put up, I mean, like, 
they speak for themselves, the numbers, but I just think the, um, the reason why I played the game was playing it for my teammates. I'm trying to win, and hopefully people can recognize that which they have and, and different players today are not just about putting up numbers because everybody's not capable of putting up 25 and 30 points, but there are some people that have impact on the game more than just averaging 25 and 15 rebounds. There are a lot of players that do different things that have a lot of impact on the game, and I was probably one of those guys. Player, <coughs> player, teammate, champion, coach, mentor, part-time anthem singer. I mean, this is this is this is your life. <laughs> this this is your life. You think about that. What what a life you've had in this game. Yeah, I've been very blessed to be in this game as long as I've been in it, and I've been very blessed to be around the type of people I've been in it. So. Um, I don't take that for granted. I don't take that lightly at all. Just the, um, the, the coming from where I came from, um, from Chicago and going to, uh, <laughs> going to Texas, um, no, I don't think anybody from myself can project the journey that I've been on. I can't project it, but I, I feel very blessed and very honored to, be, to have taken this journey, and, and I, do not, I do not take it lightly. Yeah, I'm away from the Taylor homes. Yeah, a long way from uh, Robert Taylor. And when I got this news, I clearly I first thing I done is thought about where I've come from and some of the people I've been around, some of the players in high school. Um, a couple guys I I talked to right after I got this news, and and um, we just shared a couple stories of of you know, and everybody has a story. Like everybody has a story. Even you guys with these microphones, you have stories, and um, that's one of the things about living is like. As you keep living, there's always some stories to be told. Like, and and this is for me. It's like a great story. It's like for my kids and for my and their kids and just my mother. She's pretty much like myself. Like she, I told her the news and she's like, uh, you know, pretty down. Like c congratulations. Like, <laughs> you know, no no big to do. But uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's just always hard for me to talk about this kind of stuff. Um, it's special. It's more special for people around me, probably more than myself. But I enjoy it. I mean, to people walk around calling the Hall of Famer. I mean, you know, it's, it's it's humbling. It's more humbling than anything else that I can say. If you don't know what the Robert Taylor homes are, like if you're not from America, or more importantly, like you're not from Chicago, they are a housing project on the south side of Chicago. A very rough housing project on the south side of Chicago and that that's putting it mildly but that's where it's where Maurice Cheeks came out of and ended up at West Texas A&M and then now into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Mo, congratulations to you. It's very hard to put into words what exactly you mean not only to the Thunder but to any of the teams that uh, you were on during your time in the NBA or even in college. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. Coming up next, we wrap it up. Why J.R. Smith keeps proving my point about incentive-based contracts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Check out Locked On Sooners this weekend. We will have another episode of that up on Sunday after the OU-UCLA game. And today's episode is up now talking about the subplots of the OU-UCLA game. And you can always check out any of the podcasts. Listen to them all from the Locked On Podcast Network at Google, Alexa, Apple Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Right, you got enough Apple products there. And then, of course, LockedOnSports.com. It's NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL, which, hey, it's a great time to start listening to the NFL con, uh, podcast. And then now we've launched college uh, as well. So, wow, just a lot going on here at the LOPN. At some point in time, owner, look, okay, first of all, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Let me preference this by saying that. But if ever comes a time where the owners feel like they really want to take over what's going on in the NBA or the NFL or any other professional sport for that matter, you would have 100% incentive-based contracts. Now, I say 100% probably should preface that by saying that there should be a base salary, but the majority of your salary would come by how you performed. You would be in a situation every single year where you would have to quote unquote earn your money. Not like working your butt off to get that long-term contract isn't earning it, but this ensures that you need to perform on the floor in order for you to get that cash. And case in point is the one and only J.R. Smith, who according to David Griffin, now, okay, let's remember David Griffin former GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers, not current GM, says that J.R. Smith, once he got his long-term contract, had no incentive after that to stay in shape. And we've seen that from a lot of players, that the most important thing that they do is get paid. They've got to make their money. And once they make their money, they're able to relax. They're not working as hard as they used to. And then by way of not working as hard as you used to and being more relaxed, you become a lot less effective and a lot less useful to any team. That being said, there are exceptions to that rule. The first one I can think of is really out of baseball. It's Barry Zito, who when he signed a big term or big long-term deal with the San Francisco Giants and he left the Oakland A's, he had a complete meltdown because he felt like there was so much pressure to live up to that contract, he couldn't perform. Of the two, I would actually probably be more of a Barry Cito than I would a J.R. Smith because once I got the big money, now I'm really expected to perform. It seems like it would be a lot more stress. If you want to stop players ever from getting to that point where they feel like they've got it made and don't owe you anything, then you have to make a, you have to make the majority of that contract based on incentives and accomplishments throughout the year to keep players moving. Now, they're not going to always live up to it, and you're going to keep working them hard, and eventually they're going to get burned out, and you might see more early retirements just because guys cannot handle the grind as much. But I would think that you would also prevent the J.R. Smith thing. And if J.R. Smith decided to get fat and out of shape, then he's not going to be making the money. I would really, again, 
take all that with a grain of salt coming from David Griffin, who's no longer with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But it's just something to think about. And I'm sure the owners have thought about this and the players know the owners are thinking about this. So ultimately, it'll never happen. But as a fan, you would benefit greatly from having guys every week, every year, having to have that paycheck be determined on performance, not just your name signing on the dotted line. That wraps up this edition of the Locked on Thunder podcast. We'll be back on Monday. And until then, everybody love everybody and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.